calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So grab your balloons. And let's get civical. Everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Wallentowski. And been a busy, a busy time of, of, of news-worthy updates. Oh, yes. yes. Since we last recorded. Since we last recorded, it has been confirmed that the Democrats will have control of the Senate. Yes. Wild. I just want to say. And we don't have to wait for Georgia. We do not have to wait for Georgia. My prediction came true. Mm -hmm. Um, And crazy enough, we still don't know who's going to have control of the House, although it's still most likely going to be Republicans. But it's just by like how much I think we're waiting for them to have one more seat. Right. And. Right. Because the other alert that I got was that Kevin McCarthy is now going to be the. The Speaker of the House, but not, yes. but, but again, questionable how enthusiastic that vote is, I guess. I mean, I think if you are any Republican leadership, you are feeling some pressure. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though the Republicans 
most likely I'm, I am assuming by the time this honestly probably airs, we will know who has control of the house. And I assume it will be Republicans given that they need only one more seat, but I'd love to be surprised. Um, you know, I think it was supposed to be a lot of seats that they had. And I yes. think their their majority is going to be like maybe less than 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, which is not... I mean, it's obviously useful to have control of the house because you get to decide what comes to the floor and all of that stuff. But you need a lot of bipartisan support to get yes. things through. And, yes. you know... That that's gonna be tough, and mm-hmm. I think if you're Kevin McCarthy, or if you know the people who are critics of Kevin McCarthy, I think the question is: Well, you didn't lead us to a midterm victory <laughs> right, right, right. in any sense of the words. <laughs> and I think the same goes for Mitch McConnell. Although I think Mitch McConnell, and I talked about this on our episode with Andrea when we were talking about the the midterms, like Mitch McConnell at least leading up to the midterms was like, I don't know about this, y'all. We don't have good candidates. Right, right. So I think he I think he prepared uh expectations a little bit better than Kevin McCarthy did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean I'm but I'm not surprised. I think to not I think Kevin McCarthy was kind of the heir presumptive. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean whoever it's the the choice to lead a party in in an overall party situation, Nash like the National Party or in a branch of government always contentious which yeah leads to the second news which i don't really feel like talking about i saw <laughs> all of the alerts and i was like no thank you yeah I don't care to see this well but it's not surprising it's not surprising but i was just like oh sure i mean you, you you just always hope that we don't have to but there's a honestly the way i look at it is it always felt kind of inevitable uh-huh I think it was really wild for, and we're talking about Trump's announcement to run for 2024. <laughs> if you don't, if you can't pick up if on If you haven't our, figured that out, he who should not I be I think named. it's really wild that he announced so soon after a very poor performance from a, yeah. like a lot of his candidates. I felt like strategy-wise, not how I would have done it. <laughs> You know, like let let another crisis happen and then announce, like and then you know, let something but put I think, space between the midterms. But I think he he is so in himself that he oh, is for sure. and and his and the people who follow, who are like his brand of Republican, don't. He can go out there and be like, "It wasn't my fault. They weren't strong enough. It wasn't my fault. They didn't do what I oh, said. For sure. It wasn't my fault." Like no, so, I think he can rationalize to himself. I'm saying for oh, if yeah. I'm like his team, this is not the vibe. But I also think I am convinced that he announced so soon after the midterms to try to undermine a potential Ron DeSantis run. And to try to like get the like be like, I was the former president. I deserve Mm -hmm. this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, basically acting as an incumbent running again, which is like, right, right. Joe Biden decides to run again. There will be probably no challengers, you know, like right. the incumbent just runs and everybody's right, like, right, oh, right. cool, like that's our nominee. Right. And they, they just kind of go with it. So I think right. he's taking that approach of like, I am the incumbent. Sure. <laughs> right, right. And so to like keep off any other challengers like Ron DeSantis, who I am fully convinced 
if Ron DeSantis were to run against Joe Biden, it would be a landslide for Ron DeSantis. Like, I fully believe that. And it hurts my heart to say that. I I just feel like this is the opportunity more so, especially since Trump performed so poorly during the midterms, that this is now the party's chance to actually reclaim their party. I'm talking about mm. the Republican Party. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they they actually have a chance to say, like, that's nice. Sure, you can run, but you're actually mm. not president right now. Like, if I was the head of the Republican Party, I would, I would like, play nice and basically kind of ignore him. And support, yeah. you know, like, and use that. Even if I was, like, a super conservative but not a Trumper. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's... For sure, I 100% understand like, take what you're this saying. opportunity republican party take this opportunity and de-trumpify yeah i would be i would be shocked if yep. they de-trumpified yeah because i think that there is just they have made their bed and they've made it so thoroughly that I'm like, how can you, because what they, what needs to happen, again, to prevent a fissure <laughs> yeah. is, is for the Republican Party, is for Trump to also agree and to concede that he is not the Republican nominee. Basically for Trump to lose. And if we've learned anything about when Trump loses, is that he doesn't take it well. And I think that if Trump were to lose the Republican nomination and not get it, mm-hmm. it would be kind of 2020 all over again, but within the Republican Party. And I fully, like, my prediction would be if that would happen, Trump would run as a candidate for another party. Fine. We'll that's it. fine. There's Which, no, again, is, like, is, is, like, is detrimental wait, it, to the Republican Party. So that's right, why it's like when you're fine. weighing your pros and cons... <laughs> It's great for Biden. That's why I'm right, saying right. Like, for like, me, yes, please. Trump running, I think, is honestly the best case scenario for Joe right. Biden because I don't right. think that he's an easy sell to no. a lot of people. No. And so if it's Biden or Trump, I think Biden will win again. Yeah. If you and I are running the Republican Party, we would be a cleaning house. Oh, my God. But again, they've given Trump so much power and sway. Yeah. Yeah. That now they're kind of beholden, I think, a little bit to what he wants to do. They need him to play ball with them. Right. And he needs them to make him their nominee. Yeah. God God knows only what's going to happen. But look, it's not surprising. It's not surprising. I feel like this was, this was destined to happen. And we just got to see how it plays out. I think we're in for a wild couple of months while... Mm-hmm. The Republicans sort themselves out and decide what they're going to do. I agree. And then and then we'll kind of know our path forward. Oh, there you go. Do you know what's also inevitable, Lizzie? Transition you know us. I'm transitioning us I know away. exactly what you're going to say. You say I it. am transitioning say us it. away. It is always inevitable that one and only Santa Claus will be at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, y'all. So, happy Thanksgiving. We're talking about the parade, obviously. I'm so excited. Me too. I will literally be in New York 
for oh. Thanksgiving for only oh the second God. time in my entire life. The first oh, wow. time being 2020. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited to watch I, the parade. I mean, I'm not going to the parade. I'll watch it on no, TV. No, 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 no. I've only gone to the parade once. I went mm-hmm. with um, my French friend, um, she she this must have been a period of time where she was here for like three weeks and we went with another friend of ours and i was dreading it because i was like it's so many people it's crowds Mm -hmm. it's whatever it's cold cold. you're outside you know and and, but we went and i was like it was actually really fun we didn't have to cross over to the east side you know we stayed by columbus circle and it was so cute and you just see all these little things go by and all the kids are so happy yeah. And I was like, great, let's go eat turkey. And it was fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. It's but cute. But would much rather put it on the, the television. Put it on the telly. Put it on the oh. telly while I'm roasting my turkey. That's exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. But it's a whole song and dance, so we're spending a yes. whole episode dedicated to it because... I'm so excited. Because it's the start of the holiday season. It sure is. It's my it favorite, sure one of my favorite periods of time of year. Mm-hmm. Those who know me well will be surprised to know, surprised and shocked to know that I have not yet started listening to Christmas music. Wow. Huge. I know. Listen, you enter a relationship and things change. Things change. Things, things change. change. I totally get it. Uh-huh. I totally get it. But now, I mean, we're cl- We're on the season. So We're on the season. I absolutely can start doing it now and I probably will. Good. So today's sources, jingle, jingle, mm. jingle, jingle, are... History.com. Love. Love her. Howstuffworks.com. Love. Great. List of fun facts from a CNN article by Todd Leopold. Great. And a People magazine, which I feel like is a first for us. It's definitely a first or a second. A first or if, a second. If anything. Go yeah. off, People Mag. Uh-huh. A People magazine article by Kate Hogan. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck Yeah. All right, let's jump in talking first, before we get to the parade, let's talk about Macy's, because it is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, sponsored by, you guessed it, Macy's. Macy's. Macy's is not sponsoring this podcast episode, so please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right, the Macy's department store, here's some facts about it. As the United States prospered during the Roaring Twenties, so did New York City's iconic department store, Macy's. After going public in 1922, R.H. Macy & Co. started to acquire competitors and open regional locations. Mm-hmm. A. Macy's flagship store in Manhattan's Herald Square did such a brisk business that it expanded in 1924 to cover an entire city block stretching from Broadway to 7th Avenue along 34th Street. It is massive. It's massive. And it's busy, y'all. Yeah. Macy's is busy. Yeah. The original store was about 20 blocks south on 6th Avenue near 14th Street. Macy's has been at its current flagship location at Broadway and 34th Street since 1902. Oh, two. Oh, two. But I, like, I'm trying to picture 6th Avenue and 14th Street, and it's... It's like where the Trader Joe's is. Wait, what? 6th Avenue and 14th Street? Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't there? Oh wait, no, that's further that's up. That's Union's, further up. Yeah, that's and and Sixth Avenue, Fourteenth Street is Union is Union Square. Yeah, it's like where the one train is. That's Seventh Avenue. It's on Seventh. Obviously, I've never been to Manhattan. <laughs> No, I just used to spend a lot of time down there. No, Sixth Avenue is where like um, was it? Is that where the Urban Outfitters used to be? <laughs> I think that's what it is. I, I think, think that's that, what it is. Or that might even be Seventh Avenue. No, the Sixth Avenue is the Orange Line. Anyway, that's where Anywho. she used to be. Yes. Yeah. I love you know it. what's there? I think it's like a Gray's Papaya, and then Kitty Cor- or Caddy Corner is a. Used to be like the sun, uh, a glasses store. Oh, I know Moscow. that glasses store. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that glasses yeah, yeah. store. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so we've 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 figured it out. We figured it Look out. Look at Google we Maps, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. come on. To showcase the opening of the quote world's largest store end quote and its one million square feet of retail space at the start of the busy holiday shopping season. Macy's decided to throw New York a parade on Thanksgiving morning. In spite of its timing, the parade was not actually about Thanksgiving at all, but the next major holiday on the calendar, Christmas. Macy hoped its Christmas parade would whet the appetites of consumers for a holiday shopping feast. So they're basically trying to be like, mm-hmm. yes, this is on Thanksgiving, but we are promoting Christmas. <laughs> right, right, right. They basically <laughs> were the ones who were like, shopping season starts now. Today. 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 Heck yeah. That's why it's so ingrained in us. It's yeah. been going on for like 100 years. We're like, all right, we go shopping now. Yeah, we have we have no defense against us. This is no. this is too too no. deep. It's too, too deep, deep it's in, in our history. Blood. It's mm-hmm. in our blood. So let's talk about the first parade, which was mm. in night. I know it was in 1924, and it was called the Macy's Christmas Parade, like Lizzie said, and it followed a route from 145th Street and Convent Avenue, which is like just down the street from me. Yeah. I walk by there all the time. All the time. To the Macy's store at 34th Street and Broadway. Three floats, which were pulled by horses, four bands, and zoo animals from the Central Park Zoo. No. I know. It was a bad way. Which included camels, donkeys, elephants, and goats starred in the parade. Yikes. They don't have... Maybe they have donkeys. They definitely have goats. I don't think they have a camel. There's no elephants. I mean, now they're major showpiece... Well, it used to be polar bear. Could you imagine polar bears walking? Yeah, down? there's no live animals in the parade anymore, right? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Okay, I was like, no. oh my god. They figured out no, and and to their credit, like they figured out pretty quickly that that was not. That's not good. It. That's not the vibe. No. That's not the vibe we're going for. Yeah. Santa Claus was the last in the lineup, which is a tradition that continues to this day. Hey, gotta have Santa hey. Claus bringing up the caboose. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus is coming to town. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The parade was staged by Macy's employees, many of whom emigrated to America from Europe and longed to stage a celebration similar to the ones in their home countries. Oh, okay. Enough. Great. The early morning start time of Macy's Christmas parade overlapped with many church services, but it gave spectators plenty of time to make it to the afternoon's big football game. Yeah! I can't even, like... Between these two teams, this is hilarious. Say the well, teams. Well, also, oh my God, between these two teams, which were Syracuse and Columbia Universities at the Polo Grounds, let yeah. me just say, as an alumna of Columbia University, I think we won our first football game in four years, like maybe last season. A. We are not. We are not competitive. Nobody goes to Columbia anymore. Sure. To play football. Or, like, maybe that's a reason they get in, but nobody's like, this is going to make or break my football career. Right, right. No. But there's, like, ten schools in this time period, you know? So it's... It's true. And honestly, the fact that Syracuse is one of them, hella surprised. I would not have guessed. Sure. (laughs) Go Syracuse. Shout out to Syracuse University. Pretty campus. Very pretty campus. Pretty campus. I I, I, I want to find out who won that game. I wonder if there's a record somewhere. You know what? I'm going to call up Columbia. Uh, ring, ring, ring. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. This is ring, the ring, bursar's ring. office. <laughs> My low payment me? is on the way. Can you tell me who, won, this who game? won the 1924 game between Syracuse and Columbia? Macy's had promised parade goers a, quote, marathon of mirth. Mm. Love. 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 In its full page newspaper advertisements. I love. I adore this. While the parade route may not have extended over 26 miles, its six-mile length certainly made for a long hike for those marching from Harlem to Herald Square in what can only be described as probably not foot-friendly shoes. No, certainly not. Not foot-friendly shoes. No. No, no, no. The spectators who stood four and five people deep, however, could watch it all in just a matter of minutes since the modest street pageant stretched the length of only two city blocks. So it was great. You yeah, lined it was small up. And cute. It was small and cute. And then you saw it in the past and you were like, hell yeah, let's go eat some turkey. And you know what? Yeah. Tomorrow we're shopping at Macy's. Ay. Ay. Macy's Christmas parade quickly became a New York holiday tradition to the joy of nearly all except the zoo animals. Yep. Uh-huh. Who did not revel in the six-mile journey and the marchers treading carefully in their wake. Well, yeah, it's basically like you're yes. priming them for a stampede. Yeah, yeah. You like, can't. Of course they're afraid. <laughs> can't treat animals like this. <laughs> no, no. 
The roars and growls from the tired animals frightened young spectators. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So they were replaced by less surly and more obedient character balloons, which quickly became the parade's signature attraction. Correct. There's, there's always an alternative to distressing animals. Right. There is always an alternative to animal abuse, and it's to not abuse the animals. That's always an option on the table. That's always an option on the table. I'm glad I'm glad they made this adjustment. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the early years of the parade. We've had our first one. How did it go for those first couple of decades? Let's find out. In 1927, the gigantic balloons that are now the signature element of the parade made their first appearance with the help of helium. The first balloons included cartoon characters like Felix the Cat. At the conclusion of the parade, the giant balloons were released into the air. Yep, they just let no. them go. They just they let, just them, let go. them go. I'm like, yeah. reduce, reuse, recycle. Uh-huh. Oh, oh keep man. going. It gets better. In 1928, so the year after, <laughs> Macy's began offering a $100 reward for any returned balloons, which were affixed with return address labels. Hold on. Hold on. What? So they re- Macy's releases the balloons, and then they're right. like, I'll give you $100 if you go get them back. <laughs> I can't tell if this was like a... Like an additional advertising gimmick, which I'm sure it probably was. Like, can yeah. you catch it? Like a Pokemon. Can Gotta you catch, catch a them all. And then you, re- you mail it and at no cost to you and you get $100. And I which think like a, a certificate or something. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money in 1928. Like, it's no small right. change. No. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh. In 1931, pilot Colonel Clarence E. Chamberlain snagged a balloon with his airplane's wing, Uh leading to a ban on retrieval by airplanes the following year. But after the 1932 parade, another pilot attempted to capture a balloon and nearly crashed, leading Macy's to discontinue releasing the balloons at the parade's end. Yeah, people are almost dying in planes trying to win their $100. We can't have this. This is is bananas. Right, because this is also like, we're not talking about, this is still 1931, 32. These are not high-tech planes. No. These are, we're still early in the planes years. You're still having to like, yeah, 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 exactly. In 1934, celebrities became an important element of the parade with singer-actor Eddie Cantor joining the event that year. The Mickey Mouse helium balloon was also introduced that year. Poor, poor Eddie Cantor. It's like two hit celebrities, Eddie Cantor and mm-hmm. Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. <laughs> Got it. From 1942 to 1944, the parade was canceled because of the shortage of helium and rubber during World War II. Those three years are the only time the celebration has been called off. When the parade returned in 1945, it was broadcast on television for the first time and was bigger than earlier versions. Oh, Hello, yeah. broadcast television! Oh. We've won the war, and now we're going to see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade live from the streets of Fifth Avenue. That would have been an absolute... I would have loved to have seen that. 
Because just sure. imagine the energy. Like, yeah, you win the war, and then it's Christmas time, and yeah, and you're just like so fucking pumped. You're like, let's go let's party, party. So, like Lizzie said, then we get to the modern day era, and the parade continued to get bigger and evolve, and it added Broadway shows, and it added marching bands. So then, in 2020. For COVID, the first year of COVID, the parade wasn't canceled, though few spectators were allowed along the parade route. There was no giant balloon inflation celebration and no marching bands. So usually you can go. Mm -hmm. I forget where it is. It's in the 70s, 70s, 80s. I've never done it. I know people who have. It sounds like a my worst nightmare. But you can go and watch them inflate the Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloons. balloons. Mm -hmm. But there's like... A long line. It's basically like waiting in line to get into Times Square for New Year's Eve. Right. Which I'm like, I I love a New York moment, but I am happy to watch. Yeah, I can I can take this one from the comfort of my own home. Yes. In I pajamas. understand how the balloon is, is inflated. Right. I got that. I got that. Got it. Got it. Every year, the Macy's team behind the parade works to outdo the previous year's event, this evolution has meant bigger balloons, more floats, better materials, and new technologies, all resulting in the flashy spectacle that rolls through the streets of New York today. Okay. I mean, you get everything. You get, like, you get Broadway oh musical numbers. Yeah. You get yeah. celebrities doing, like, lip syncing numbers. Uh-huh. You get all sorts of stuff nowadays. You get, yeah. you, get you know, the, the TV people being like, Oh my gosh, look, it's Ronald McDonald, you know, and it's a float or it's a balloon of Ronald McDonald. And we're all just like, oh my oh gosh, my gosh, I can't believe he came. <laughs> That's cute. That's yeah, cute. It's, a, cute. it's wholesome. It's like the last yeah. wholesome thing we have. <laughs> I know. And I love that it was like, came, I mean, it, yes, it's an advertising thing still For to sure. this day. But that it, like, you know, was kind of created by immigrants. We learned pretty quickly that abusing the animals was not a good thing. Yeah. We've evolved, you know. It feels like one of those, like, almost last good celebratory things that I'm sure we'll find a reason to be angry at in some way, shape, or form some year. But for now, it's just happy. Love it. Well, let's end on my favorite thing in the entire world, which are, of course, you guessed it, (gasps) fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Here we go. Fun fact number one. Macy's didn't invent the practice. Philadelphia has the oldest Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's Gimbel's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is now called the 6ABC Dunkin' Donuts Thanksgiving Day Parade, and it debuted in 1920. Fun fact within a fun fact. Have you ever seen the original Miracle on 34th Street? No, we've talked about this. Oh, please. If you love me, please watch it. It's so good. It's so good. And it's so, it's like of this era. I forget what year it was made, like 47. So it's post- post-war and definitely has that feel but it it it's the whole premise of it is that there it's the rivaling i mean in the remake too there's rivaling stores but the rivals are macy's and gimbals got it gimbals is such a better name than the six abc dunkin donuts thanksgiving day parade i'm sad they changed the name absolutely 
Uh, I could not agree with you more. Next fun fact. The parade was first broadcast on the radio. Seems like a great way to broadcast a parade. I mean, I know we didn't have the technology, but like. Yeah. (laughs) And now coming down the street, we have Felix the Cat and his great big smile is a joy to all children watching it. Let's give it a wave. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you had to use your imagination when the first broadcast of the parade took place in 1932 because they were on the radio. The parade was first televised, as I said, in 1946 in New York and then nationally on NBC the next year. Next fun fact. The balloons have been around almost since the beginning. According to Mental Floss, the balloon attractions debuted in 1927, inspired by a balloon float. Even then, they were massive. One was a 60-foot dinosaur, and in those days, they had more to deal with than just high winds and crazy weather. Until 1938, an elevated train ran down 6th Avenue. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to, like, keep this dinosaur from, like, crashing into the 6th train, and you're like, oh, God. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. To the left. <laughs> poor people. I know. Next fun fact. In 1957, a wet day got wetter for the people near a Popeye balloon. The character's hat filled with water and drenched parade watchers. The same thing ended up happening again in 1962 with a Donald Duck hat. Yeah. It's the things you don't think about. (laughs) It's the things you don't. Like, these these balloons are massive and also dangerous. (laughs) Yes. They've really crashed. Another fun fact, this is kind of like the the crashing and burning of balloons Mm -hmm. during parades. So one time Superman lost his arm to tree branches. A devastating loss. Devastating loss. The worst incident was probably in 1997, which was a blustery day in the Big Apple. During that parade, winds reached more than 40 miles per hour and the balloons were difficult to control. One balloon struck a lamppost and injured four people. One woman was in a coma for a month. And then and then again, and then and then the Pink Panther threatened a woman holding its ropes. <laughs> it's not funny. People are hurt. It's, it's not funny. It's but not it's funny. but it it's is crazy funny. to be like, like the Pink Panther is why I'm you know, have a broken arm. Right, right, right. I think I didn't put this in there, but I think this woman was like with her daughter or something. And she, she, the quote from her in the newspapers, because this is 1997, was like, we thought the Pink Panther was going to suffocate us or something. You know, it's like, yeah. of course, yes. It's a, yes, big, uh, it's a giant Pink Panther balloon. Yeah. And like, I don't know if they were doing this in the late 90s, but now you see them like when it is a a treacherous weather day like they they don't inflate the balloons all the way anymore and they like keep them really really low Low. to like protect the general public from being assaulted by (laughs) these giant balloons but they weren't doing that for the longest time so it was really these like huge and heavy balloons just going like and like four people being like whoa trying to control it it's crazy god it's crazy crazy. american ingenuity ladies and gentlemen we got in spades we got it in spades Uh 
But that is the end of the fun facts and the end of our Thanksgiving Day Parade episode. Yes! Oh, what fun it is to talk about the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, what fun it is to ride. I will be watching this year. Me too. Watch if you like. And in the meantime, we hope you have a healthy and happy holiday. If you are observing Thanksgiving, hope you have a happy holiday. If not, I hope you have a happy Thursday. Thursday. Have a, you know, have a break. Take a, take a nap. Do whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime... We love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.